Uh, last week was sort of part one of this. And uh, I kind of feel like because a recap is kind of necessary. Normally, we, we try to, the sermons are kind of separate, but they build on each other. We're working through books of the Bible because we feel like that's important. But really, kind of, I have to recap a little bit, I, I think, in order to get where we need to go today. Uh, and this, today's sermon is going to be four hours long. I'm kidding. <laughs> Newer people are like, oh my gosh, we picked the wrong day to visit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Second Peter chapter, uh, chapter 1. And uh, I'm just going to read the, read the text so we kind of catch up to where we are. It says, this letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of our Lord, uh, of our Lord Jesus our Lord. I can't even read today. <laughs> but, but the idea is, is you know, we, we we're supposed to grow in our knowledge of who God is. And that's, again, that's why we teach through Scripture. Because, again, Scripture is sort of like the software agreement. Most of us, if, if you become a believer, you click, okay, I believe in it, but you have no idea what's in it. Because who reads the software agreement? Even somebody who I thought would say yes, we don't. And so it's really important to, to grow in your knowledge of who God is. And we do that primarily through, through Scripture. And uh, verse 3, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And so, you know, everything we need to live a life that's different, and we, we do a whole series called Live Differently, he, he has given us, uh, and he's called himself to us, it says you know, he's given us great and precious promises and that enable us to share in the divine nature and escape the world's corruption uh, caused by human desires. Th those are pretty good things, right? God, God wrote us a check that he could cash. You know, he, he has the resources, he has his spirit uh, to teach and to train us to make us different. So in view of all this, and, and this is the part I think some, some believers don't like, because it says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. And, and a, a quote I often use by Dallas Willard is, grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. And so our, our salvation, we, we're made right with God purely by our faith in Christ, but it doesn't mean we don't have some work to do. And I always like the two-pedal analogy because I like bikes, and some of you don't like cardio at all, so, but you, know, you do do the assault bike when you're at the gym, so there's something there. But it's, it's the Holy Spirit working in us, but we kind of have our part to pedal too. And so it's both of these things that, that help us to grow. Make every effort to respond to God's promise. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of, and this is where we went into um, a couple of different things last week, and, and I, I kind of stopped when I got to the end, <laughs> even though I, I still had a lot more notes to go. Uh, just a couple more pages. Um, which, considering they're the ones I'm using this week, in retrospect, was a lot of pages of notes uh, for such a small thing. <laughs> but to uh, supplement your faith with um, generous provision of moral excellence, or ESV says virtue, moral excellence with knowledge, self-control, patient endurance, godliness, brotherly affection, and love for everyone. And so there's these things that, and it's not like the only things we should grow in, but here are some targets here are some things that, that we should grow to be different. Not just different, like weird. Like everyone has those weird Christian friends, you know what I mean? Like 
they're different, but, you know, you're pretty sure they would have been different without Jesus. <laughs> anyway, and, you know, Christians get weird because we, like, forbid all kinds of things. Like, I had friends in college, they, they weren't allowed to play cards. Now, I'm not making fun of you if you grew up in that tradition, but I somehow don't think playing Go Fish is sinful with my kids or playing Uno. I like Uno, <laughs> you know, but anything with a card or, uh, anyway, so, you know, not that kind of, but we, our lives should be marked with godliness. We should become more like him. And uh, uh, so we're, we're kind of there. And now last week I challenged you. I don't know if anyone did it. And we're not going to do that awkward moment. You can kind of, did anyone like actually write them all seven down and then try one a week, one a day? No, I appreciate your honesty in that. <laughs> but, but it's only the online folks. So I'll talk just to you guys. I know we got some people who are normally here who are online today. So, hey, welcome to our online online version of Deep Water. Um, Anyway, so all of that is, is you know, uh, we have to go to work, and, and we have to work on these things. We have to grow. Um, and so 1 Peter chapter 1, and now we're all the way to verse 8. It's only taken us three weeks to get there, but it took us, I don't what are we on, week, week 23? Although I may have doubled up in the middle, so it may be week 24, because if you, if you, let, if you don't like organized religion, try us. I'm not that organized. The rest of the people here are. I'm thankful for. I was almost late today to church after being several hours early because I was just sitting around like playing with Loki and, you know, which is our, the dog, name of our dog. Uh, and so I'm playing with the dog and hanging out with Josh. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh, it's getting close to church time. Yeah. Some of you are like, wait, when did you get a dog? Um, anyway, <laughs> we got a dog. He's awesome. He's a little crazy. He's, he's loco, but we call him Loki. Anyway, <laughs> good dog. The more you grow like this, and that, that's all those things, the, the, those seven things we talked about. And, I th- and again, they're not exclusive. Those are not the only things, but those are pretty good characteristics of things we need to do to grow in Christ. Uh, you know, the, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting they have been cleansed from their old sins. And, and so, you know, more productive and useful. Now, I generally like the New Living Translation, the NLT as we call it, because it's a pretty readable translation. Uh, it, it's it's something like we, we kind of, I actually did tests with different things and, and people are, you know, it was interesting because I, I did a test years ago when we were kind of starting and I was like, you know, asking people what version they read and why and different things. Now, King James is fine. We're, we're cool with the King James. I, I, Dana loves the King James. That's cool. Love the King James too. It's got, it's, the King James is kind of cool because it's got powerful things like do not murder, which most of the translations you're like, you know, but thou shalt not kill, man, that's like, there's a little more power in the way it's said. So I, I appreciate the style of that, but most people don't speak, speak that way. And so we chose a modern translation, and I like a lot of things about the New Living Translation because, to make a long story short, it's readable. But every translation kind of makes decisions. I know it was a long explanation to say this. This is one place where I don't think, and a lot of the, a lot of the modern translations say it this way, uh, you know, more productive and useful. It kind of turns it into positive, but I think it takes some of the sting out of Peter's warning. And this is where I want to read the ESV. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just the positive. It's, you know, you're ineffective and unfruitful. Ineffective. And I think of, when I think of that word, because he's the kind of same word Jesus when he's talking about, we're going to hit a couple of parables. I don't know if I'll 
dig into each parable because, again, this is like probably another hour-long message. I know, sorry. But, <laughs> but <laughs> if, if I read everything I was thinking, it would be even longer. So we're going we're gonna to hit some parables of Jesus, but we're not going to maybe hit every aspect of those parables. And so in the parable of vineyard workers, Jesus is telling the story. He says, for kingdom of heaven is like a lander went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. Same work. They're idle. They're, they're not doing it. And some of you are like, I know what that means. I've got teenagers. Sometimes they're idle, <laughs> right? <laughs> some of you are a lot of people pointing to their kids. It's, I, get, I got more hallelujahs off that than anything we've ever said. But, you know, it, it, it's easy to be idle, right? And, and some of you, maybe you're more car people. You know, you have a car and it's sitting someplace. You're sitting in a traffic light and it's, it's, you've already started and it's running. And what's it doing? It's idling. Now, what good does idling do you on a car? Not a lot. I mean, it, it prepares you to go, but it's not going anywhere. You wouldn't get a car, just go out, start it, and idle it. Maybe you would if you were like one of those people who restores classic cars and then doesn't drive them. I love classic cars. I like to drive them, though. <laughs> and so, and I, you know, it, it, you just want to, you know, they're just, they're idle. They're, they're, they're unfruitful. Um, and fruitful, think of Jesus' cursing of the fig tree, which is one of those, like, odd things Jesus does. And we've talked about it. It's been a while. But, you know, he's, he gets mad at a fig tree and curses it. It's like, I think we, was that in our awkward series of Jesus? It's, it's one of those things that Jesus does that makes you go, what? At first, when you're reading it. But the point being is that he wanted the fig tree to be fruitful, and it was sort of a, a parable for, for, for Israel at the time, and I think also for us in that, that God wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to, to give fruit, and a lot of times we don't. Now, we are expected as believers to produce fruit. Now, I don't like to read a lot of commentaries because sometimes it's boring. I mean, I like to read them, but not, I don't like to read them back to you. I, I, I am nerdy. I like that, that like, weird, stale smell of libraries. I was at a volleyball tournament yesterday, and it was near our theological library, and I was trying to figure out, I was hoping there was a break and I could shoot over and smell books uh, and read some things. I, I love, for me, like a day off is like in a library all day reading. Anyone? No, two of us? Yes. <laughs> Three? Do I hear four? Oh, got one back there. Uh, yeah, you're working on your doctorate. You have, <laughs> you have lots of stale books to read. Uh, and, and so I, I love that. But here, this guy, Douglas Moo, says this, and he says, too many Christians are content simply with being Christians. Happy simply to know they won't go to hell. It's a good thing, right? But, but the true Christian never rests content with such a minimal, albeit important, level of Christian experience. True knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ should always spark the unquenchable desire to know him better and better and to seek that, to use that knowledge in the service of others. If you really know Jesus, you're going to want to grow and know more. And it's like being married. Generally, if you get married, you like the person, love the person, something, you know, and you don't just like get married and then like move off to different countries, right? Generally, <laughs> you, you want to stay together. You, you want to be together. And people don't have to tell me, Jeff, spend time with your wife. You know why? I don't like her. <laughs> She's kind of cool. <laughs> and I've known her a long time. Like we, we started dating in like middle school. I know it's, well, it's called junior high in those days. But you, know, I, you don't have to tell me, Jeff, you need to spend time with your wife. I like to spend time with my wife. 
right? It's, it's the same with Jesus. You should want to know more of him. And then that results in our changing who we are at serving other people. Now, um, you know, have you ever, remember airports, anyone? Before the pandemic, there were these things, and we went and got on planes and everything. And they have, like, they have two things that are a lot of fun. And I often have long layovers, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I mess around when it's a long layover. You know, you've got 12 hours sitting in some airport, and you're trying to kill time. Anyone? You've had a few of those. Anyway, those, the walkways that move, has anyone ever gone the wrong way on them? Just for... <laughs> A couple of us. Some of you are rule followers. I am so glad that we have some of you, and there's also us. Uh, and then escalators, because, you know, they're, they're going the op- I, It's fun to go, you know, up, and then someone starts coming down, and you were, like, running up the down one, and then you, you have to switch and everything. But it, it's kind of fun. Now, it, on either of those devices, though, what happens? If, you, if you're going the wrong way, you, if, you're, you're, you, if, you, if you aren't moving forward, you're going to move backwards. And, and life is like an escalator. Life is like a moving walkway. If you're not moving forward in who you are in Christ, you generally tend to drift back. Uh, and we become more and more who we used to be. Uh, but, but the idea is we need to not be unfruitful. We need to not be idle, but we, we need to continually move forward in our faith. And work on these things, becoming more Christ-like. And again, it's the Holy Spirit in you. You can't do it on your own. Anyone ever try to be godly just on their own? Doesn't work. You know, I have too many things I want to do that aren't godly. <laughs> but, but allowing that Holy Spirit into us, allowing the Holy Spirit to work, is, changes us and makes us more like Jesus. And, and we like to use the word hashtag Jesus-y here, or Jesus-y. And, and I, I was in a, I, I told you guys, I was in this meeting and uh, was this guy, he was like taking notes, and it was like what, they, what we wanted from the, the officials who kind of help with stuff. And I was like, I said, I want, people, I want him to be Jesus-y. And he goes, you mean Christ-like? And I'm like, no, I mean Jesus-y. And I made him write Jesus-y. And the point is, Christ-like, I mean, it's a good word, don't get me wrong. But it, like sometimes we just, Christ sounds like formal, and it, it sounds like this official word. And the point is, we want to be like Jesus, not just, not just a random Christian term, which is a good term, again, I, not, not against it. But, but sometimes we, we, we say religious things in ways that we really don't think about what it means. And, and the idea is that we want to become more like Jesus because we, we love Jesus, we serve Jesus, we follow Jesus. And, and so we need to become like him. And, and you know, someone said, you know, we, we're Jesus with skin on. The idea is we're supposed to be doing the things he does. We're supposed to become like he is. And when we do that, people then see who God is. Um, so it says, those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind. You know, uh, and a lot of times we, we lose sight of faith. Now, moles, not the kind that grow on your skin that you may need to get checked out. Uh, you know, which if you do have one, get it checked out, please. We don't uh, want, un- want you to... Um, have skin cancer or something, but moles, uh, now it's interesting, because uh, uh, moles are cute, aren't they? Some of you not so much, I, I love all of nature, I know I like to hunt nature, you know, some of you know I like to hunt and things like that, and um, you know, because I, I do like to eat, uh, but you know, uh, I enjoy being out in nature, I love everything, like I find spiders outside, I usually post cool pictures I find of spiders, and what do people do? They're like, just burn down your yard, um, 
you know, <laughs> but I, I like them because they're outside. They, they, they do cool things. I don't like them inside the house. That's like kind of where I draw the line. Uh, but I do catch them outside and, you know, like inside and put them outside. And, but I love nature. And, uh, you know, every once in a while I, I stumble upon like a mole outside. Now, I don't really like them in my yard because they tear things up. But they're cute, aren't they? Yeah, a couple of you. Okay, most of us think they're cute. Now, um, now <laughs> moles aren't all blind. I, I found this out. I was reading all about moles. Uh, again, the, 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 the mammals, not the hairy things on your hand. <laughs> but moles aren't blind. Uh, you know, a lot of them are colorblind. They see very poorly. Some are completely blind. Uh, but they really kind of only see light and movement. Not very effective for, for living on the surface, right? To live above ground. Because, it, it, you know, sight helps you with a lot of things, like seeing. No. <laughs> no, sight helps us because, you know, uh, um, we, we can see the things growing. Now, moles are cute, but I wouldn't want to be one. And see, we're made to see. And it's kind of like we were moles, <laughs> but once Jesus comes into us, he restores our sight. We should see another way. Uh, and we need to stop being bold people because we're, we're made to see the light. We're made to, to live differently because those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind. We don't want to be short-sighted. We don't want to be blind. We want to be able to live properly in this world, and we have to see things as they are. And so that's why God recreates us. Now, um, <laughs> we have to make use of what we have. Now, we're going to jump into another parable. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he's gone. Long trip. And so you go on a long trip, you have to leave people in charge of stuff. Uh, you know, it's, not, it's not quite like today, but if you know, uh, maybe you have a money manager. Think of these as like his managers. And he says he gave five bags of silver to one. This is, maybe a, this is called the parable of the talents because uh, you know, talent can be bags, translated bags here, talents other places. Uh, five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. Um, and so, now, if talents is actually, you know, it, it's sort of appropriate because talents, we get that, we kind of, that, that word works for us too, because talking about using our talents. But in those days, a talent was a measure of silver. Now, I, I don't know if this is sad or cool, but I spent last night trying to recalculate some of this stuff. Um, you, <laughs> unit of weight, so it's about 33 kilograms, 75 pounds. That's a lot of silver. Now, uh, today's modern value, five talents would be about $138,496.19 as of last night. Two was like $55,398.47. One was $27,699.24. Now, my math could be wrong on this. I, I'm not, I, I believe the word of God is perfect, not Jeff's math skills. Usually I have my wife check my math. Um, <laughs> because she's better at math than I am. Uh, anyway, values of metals change. It's kind of like Bitcoin or dog Dogecoin. I don't know how to say that one. Like there's all these like, you know, fake currencies all the time. Uh, I have like 500 Bitcoin. I don't know if that's even worth anything. Um, some of you know Bitcoin are like, wait a minute, that's like millions of dollars, Jeff. No, I don't really. Um, I was just messing with you. I said that to someone, I, I was messing with someone I hadn't seen in a long time. They're like, dude, that's like millions of dollars. I'm like, ah. No, I'm kidding, I don't. Uh, anyway, it's kind of like scrap metal prices, some of you scrap. I, I was happy the other day, I, I, I scrapped, and it was like, you know, usually you leave with, like, you're like, why did I save metal? Like, I guess I kept it out of the landfill. You're like, I can go buy dinner. Uh, did well the other day. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> 
A talent is like 6,000 denarii, which denarius is the day's wage. Uh, so, you know, 16 or 20 years day's wage, you count for holidays and everything. Uh, so by my calculations last night, it's like uh, $800,000. So, you know, it would be a lot of, a lot of cash, right? Like, uh, so that's, that, that's a lot of things. Now, so you might be tempted to say, oh, poor guy with one talent. But he really had, a, it was a lot, right? Because I, when I first read this, I thought, oh, he only had one. <laughs> well, he still had a lot. And anyway, so if you read the thing, uh, it says, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Uh, <laughs> You know, and so they, they invest wisely, they do something, we're not sure. But, you know, again, he, he knew they had the ability, he gave them something to do. Uh, it says, after a long time, the master returned from his trip, and he called them to give account of how they used the money. Um, the servants to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver, the servant, came forward and said, uh, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, I've earned five more. You know, he's like making cash register noises, cha-ching, Jesus! No. <laughs> You know, dancing, he's making a TikTok or something. I don't know, whatever those dancey things are. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I don't know how, it was either a long journey or this guy was really good. You know, I mean, to double your money is like a pretty good investment. If, if you gave me, like if I, if I guarantee you to double your money in one day, I'm probably lying to you. You know, but anyway, <laughs> we're very foolish. We're illegal. Uh, but, you know, the master's full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in this Handling a small amount, now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. It's kind of like a award ceremony. It, 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 it's a big celebration, right? Uh, it, 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 and it's an important thing. It says, well done. Uh, <laughs> you know, great words to hear. Um, second guy comes. He's got two bags. You know, got two more. You're like, hey, great thing to hear. You know, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, and then, one, then it says down in verse 24, then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting, <laughs> that's not a good way to start off things. Uh, <laughs> gentle answer turns away wrath. You know, you know, Jeff, I know you're really hard and a difficult man. No, <laughs> generally not a good way to start a conversation. Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate, and I was afraid I'd lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew that I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you go deposit my money in the bank? At least you get some interest. You know, it's so the point is, you know, minimum effort would have, you know, at least multiplied it some, but chose not to do anything. And so doesn't go well for that one. Uh, you know, generally, you know, he's called lazy, takes the money from him, gives it to the one with five, seems really unfair. But point being, he had to do something with what he was given. Now, hopefully you'll see where I'm going with this. Do you see where it? Okay, got it? Okay. <laughs> you know, ex your expectation of, the, the, of the, the servant was to use it wisely. We have been entrusted with the Holy Spirit. And we have been entrusted with so much. We, and God is calling us to grow in these things that, 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 that are godliness. You know, and, and a lot of times we, we do nothing. But it's our responsibility to grow. Uh, you know, what will we do with all we've been given? You know, I'm responsible to be faithful with what I've been given. You know, uh, Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. I, I love that. Spider-Man 316. You know, it, it, <laughs> it, 
it's not really 316, but it seems like a 316 verses are always good in the Bible. You know, John 316, verse 15. Um, with great power comes responsibility. And so we have responsibility to use what God gives us to its fullest potential. And, and so it's easy as a believer, if I can be honest for a second, well, hopefully I've been honest the whole time with you, right? But if I can be frank, it's easy as a believer to just sit there and kind of don't become any more godly, not work on these things, because we don't like effort. We, d we don't want to sometimes work at what it takes to grow. And, and sometimes the things we have to do to grow are uncomfortable. Because so sometimes it means getting to know and loving people. It's, it's like theoretically loving people is easy, right? Like doing it on the ground with real people gets a little harder at times. <laughs> Be because you have to know people. You have to love people. Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of challenges to us in our society. I, I, I talked about last week with some, with some of those things. You know, we look at, you know, TV. We look at movies, and we have to constantly go, not our values. Be be because it, it's a challenge sometimes to live, live in our culture. Uh, but we have this responsibility to not just sit on it, but to do something to grow. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 says, dear, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Work hard to prove. See, our faith is revealed by what we do. Uh, and so we, we need to do and put into action our faith so that others see who Jesus is. It says, do these things and you will never fall away. Real faith grows. Now, jumping into another Jesus parable, because, well, we talk a lot about Jesus, because we want to be, okay, good, you guys got it. <laughs> uh, we, can, <laughs> we can wrap up uh, under three hours today. <laughs> so listen, uh, uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, 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 one probably familiar to a lot of, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, you know, and, and you know, I, we're an agricultural community. I probably don't have to explain to you what planting seed is. You put the seed in the ground and you cover it over. Maybe if we were like urban and you don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, he goes out, plants some seed, and kind of chucks it around. Uh, as he scattered across the field, some of the feed fell on the footpath, and birds came and ate it. You kind of picture that, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> other seed fell in shallow, so an underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the straw was shallow, shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns. It grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced the crop that was 30, 60, or even 100 times as much had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Uh, it's so the footpath, you know, you kind of picture it's the hard place. And if you, you kind of like you, you walk over one part of the field when you're spreading seeds, you kind of can't really be as accurate, especially in those days. So it goes everywhere. Like there's a place, and there's some of you know I'm a Christmas tree farmer. <laughs> you know, and so there's a place up there, kind of at the, you know, if you're facing the, the field this way, up in the top right, where uh, the, the path is all these old, like, leftover coal grindings things. And so it's, it's really tough soil to plant anything there. I'm always surprised when a tree lives there. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's, the, it's a tough, hard soil. And, and there's places that things just, you know, don't grow well. And, uh, you know, uh, I picture, like, on the hard soil, I always picture, like, seagulls because I'm from Delaware. You ever, like, you're trying to eat your French fries at the beach? <laughs> You ever drop your french fries at the beach? 
I mean, you don't have to pick them up, right? Like, it, it's immediate. It, it's a bird's come ticket. Shallow soil. Couldn't see underground rock. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's so... It, I heard it's rocky, and so somehow it, it creates this effect. I've read about it, but I don't really understand agriculture deeply. I'm talking about shallow soil. But, uh, you know, it, it kind of sprouts, and it doesn't really get, the, get what it needs. Thorns. Thorns, uh, you know, it, it, you ever, like, weed your garden? Why do you weed it? No. Your garden's probably terrible. Uh, <laughs> because if you don't weed your garden, you know, or, or, or you just kind of cut them off, what happens? Sometimes I'm cutting the grass here and I'm in a hurry. If I don't pull it out by the roots, guess what I got to do the next week? Yeah, because it, it sprouts right up. And, you know, especially thorns. Uh, our thorns are actually, I didn't even realize that they were roses. Uh, they popped up roses one time. That was sort of cool. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, you know, if the, you know, if you just plow them under, they, they reemerge. And, so, and the thorns come and kind of, you know, kind of choke out some. And then good soil, 30, 60, 100, which is a really good crop yield. And so later Jesus explains it, and he says, hey, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come once and take it away. And, and so Satan you know, takes away. And, and so we have a real enemy. And that's another thing Americans struggle with. Like, we, we, like to, you know, we like to believe in God. We like to believe in Jesus. We say we believe in the Bible, but we often don't want to believe in this enemy. Uh, but Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. It, there's this adversary, you know, and it just kind of swipes away the seed, it's gone. Um, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted uh, for believing God's word. Problems. There, there, there's trials, there's temptation, and it, it's hard because sometimes, and that's all of, you know, First Peter, we talked about the, the trials and things that come our way in life. A lot of people give up on faith because life is hard, isn't it? And, and things come at you, and sometimes we're sold, you know, hey, if I just become a believer, everything's happy and roses and puppies and unicorns, but it's not. <laughs> hard things hit, um, and if, you got to have now, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire of things, so no fruit is produced. <laughs> uh, um, man, that's just, that's like America. <laughs> worries, you know, we, we can allow them to consume us. The lure of wealth, never a problem in America, right? It is. Uh, that's, that's sarcasm for those of you who, do, who don't pick up on sarcasm. You know, uh, you know, and money isn't the problem. It's the love of money is. But, you know, I'd love to have some money I don't love. Um, <laughs> it's not what you have, but it's what has you. And, and so money can be like something. It's good. If you can't pay your bills, money's a good thing. Like you get some money. Problem is, though, we often love that money. And, and so we chase that desire for other things. Uh, often, if we're honest, and, and, I, and I, I've had friends who do this, they honestly, they, they choose to give in to things they know they shouldn't do. I, and I've had, I've had friends who, who you know, say, I have intellectual challenges with the faith. They really don't have intellectual challenges with the faith. Now, you can have some intellectual challenges, but generally those people come and talk to me. We have great conversations, things about that. But really, a lot of times, the friends I've had who've been like, I have, I have intellectual problems with Christianity because I want to go drink and sin. <laughs> uh, and I'll just leave that because we're at PG-13 because we got the, you know, the kids here. I'll leave it. What that often means. Uh, because they, they want to pursue things that they know they shouldn't 
and you could ditch the faith. Uh, and a lot of times that, that is it, because often we choose the bad things over the good things. Uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> but we're created to live a certain way. Anyone have a car? So when it's low on oil, that little light comes on, what do you do? You pour in sausage gravy. No, you don't do that. That would be ridiculous, right? <laughs> but that's kind of what we do is, you know, <laughs> we kind of live life on our own terms, not the way God has called us to live. And that often means, you know, disaster's coming. I don't know if you know, you don't have to be a car expert like Bob to know that if you put sausage gravy in an engine, it's going to smell good, and then it's going to smell really bad. Because <laughs> sausage gravy is always good. Any, anyone? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, and the seed that fell in the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 times as much to be planted. And so the fruit, it, you know, it's that evidence of the faith. And so to kind of go back earlier, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence or virtue, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And so that's the fruit that should be growing in our lives. That, that's some of that 30, 60, 100 harvest. And we should, we have to take care to make sure that happens. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, it says a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our God, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I told a story, I think this was in earlier in, in first Peter, the first time I came across this story, it was a great story, uh, and it was a missionary who'd spent his, his life in Africa, and, you, and, you know, he, he, he happens to be riding the, the same boat back as, you know, the president who had been trophy hunting, and there's this giant celebration of the president getting back, and, and you know, there's a parade, and everyone's excited, and they're greeting him, and everything, and, and the missionary gets off, and nobody even, like, knows who he is. He's just some dude on the boat, right? <laughs> All the attention's on the president, and, and you know, the, the missionary kind of mumbled to God, you know, in that moment, God, I've spent my entire life serving you in Africa. Uh, uh, the president just goes hunting. He's received back, you know, home with this incredible fanfare, you know, kind of, what about me? And he felt God whisper to him, you're not home yet. You know, because our, our real reward, hopefully there's some reward on this earth. Hopefully there's, there, there's good things that come your way. Hopefully, you know, good things happen. I don't wish bad on you, but our real honor, our, our real reason for living differently is so that in the end we hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That, that we receive a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, and we live differently when we follow Jesus. You know, we, uh, we, and that means we're, we're careful about the way we live. And it can look odd. I think when we started the, the whole series, I happened to be, uh, it was the, the Amish bike tour weekend. Um, I was thinking about that again because you know, I was riding, I guess two weeks ago, I couldn't ride yesterday. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we, we accidentally entered the Amish bike tour, some of you know. Like, we, we, didn't, we, were just we were just biking, and suddenly we realized there was Amish bike tour weekend, and it goes right through Wyoming. Uh, and so we were riding along, and we were, all these people we'd never seen biking, because kind of you see some of the same people when you're out there biking, and it was like they kind of looked confused, so we're like, do you need help? And they're like, yes, and so we got them, we're like, yeah, you missed a turn, it was back here, and, you know, we helped them get back on their turn, but then later we ran into all of them all again, they were all going the opposite way, and so they're all shouting at us, 
you're going the wrong way. And I'm like, we're really not. And then people are like, are you done? And then people are confused themselves. They're like, should I be going that direction? And it was, it was hilarious and like sad and funny all at once. And we, in this case, they shouldn't follow us. But that's kind of how I feel like a lot of times with faith is we're going in a direction that may look like the wrong way to a lot of people because you're not running the same race. The race we're running... Uh, the, or in biking in this case, the, the, the way we're going, we're, we're running a different race. And so you'll live differently, you'll bike differently, you'll, you'll walk differently because you're following Christ. And the world may not understand, and in this case they shouldn't join us, but in life they should join us. It's something to invite others onto. Uh, and, you know, we're going to live differently for his kingdom purposes. Uh, we just have to let grace change our lives. And when we live differently, others see that. And ultimately, we're welcomed into the kingdom with open arms, even if in this life we're not. 